0: Well, welcome back. As we head into hour three, it's a delight. It's a privilege, really, to bring back one of my favorite guests, Bacha Ungar-Sargon. She is the deputy opinion editor over at Newsweek, author of a tremendously important great book, Bad News, How Woke Media is Undermining Democracy. And if you want to follow her on Twitter, you will be rewarded with intelligence. Uh, Her Twitter feed is at Bunger Sargon B U N G A R S A R G O N. Botcha, how are you? Welcome back.
1: Um, I am actually very angry, and I, I usually am able to create distance between myself and, you know, the political story of the day. But I have to say, today's uh, news is getting me down. How are you? Uh,
0: you know, I, yeah, I, we, we, we all need to grow a little thicker skin for these times, don't we? Uh, absolutely right. You, uh, did I, someone, told me, someone told me, where did I read this? You, you little stinker. Did someone uh, give me the right information that you actually have a doctorate in literature?
1: I do have a doctorate in literature, oh my
0: yes. god! Well, the reason I bring it up is, is, is only because maybe you can find in some uh, 18th century uh, prose or literature some comfort. I mean, that was the point of studying that stuff, right? Actually, we're going to get into a little bit of discussion about the purpose of education. But, yeah, you're right. I get it. Uh, it's an angering moment. The war against – I mean, the, if you represent um, a fewer – or or a few uh, a few things in public policy Botcha. one of them has to be your care and concern one of them is your care and concern about the class wars that we are engaging in in america and particularly what we sometimes refer to as the blue collar worker today was one more big giant slap in the face wasn't it
1: a hundred percent. I mean, the you know, so the you know, I'm sure your listeners are aware already. I'm sure you've covered this already at length. um but you know, uh, so President Biden has um, decided to forgive ten thousand dollars in student loans for people making under one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars a year or families making under two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. um it's it, It's just absolutely appalling. and, just really shows who the Democrats see as their base. They like to talk about the working class, but they don't care about them at all. They are now essentially asking working class Americans who decided not to go to college to pay off the loans of the top 40%, which is who, who have 60% of the loans, right? We're talking dentists. We're talking accountants. We're talking lawyers, corporate lawyers. I mean, it's absolutely appalling. And, you know, we have an op-ed out in Newsweek by a blue-collar railroad worker out of Houston, um, a really, really smart guy, and and he says, this is just trickle-down economics leftist edition. It's just the leftist version of trickle-down. You guys are telling us, oh, let the elites keep their money so they'll reinvest it in the economy and take out mortgages, and then we blue-collar workers will benefit. And he's just saying, what what nonsense is that? What kind of malarkey is this? It is so appalling and you know, like I said, I, I try to have a sense of humor about the news, yeah, I try to sure. have some distance from it, but I am so angry about this. I'm just so enraged at, you know, the party that says that it's the Social Justice Party, the party that says that it's the site of equity and equality. You know, taking up, you know, it's a reverse Robin Hood. They're taking from the working class and the poor and using it to fund this meaningless college education for the elites. It's just disgusting.
0: Let me, uh, you are the deputy opinion editor over at Newsweek. Let me give a plug to that piece if it's the one I'm thinking of by Charles Stallworth. Is that the author you're talking about? It is a great piece. Yeah. Student loan forgiveness is left wing trickle down. Economics by Charles Stallworth. Uh, thank you for bringing uh, our attention to it again, and and for uh, likely uh, uh, your hand in in helping get it published, Botcha. The Biden administration will accept none of the predicates you laid down. They will say, no, this is to help the working poor. I saw Elizabeth Warren on the CBS uh, channel this morning, my local CBS channel this morning, saying, you know, these 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 um, these college graduates who are sitting on debt. $10,000 worth of debt, you know, it stops them from transportation, it stops them from seeking and bettering themselves in their employment conditions, and it even prevents them from having a family. I have so much to say about that, um, Botcha. First of all, you know, a lot of the debt that's being canceled is a little under 10000 But f- am I also not crazy to say if 10000 is keeping you from starting a family as a debt instrument, maybe you have bigger problems than the $10,000 debt?
1: Making a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars a year is not struggling to pay off a ten thousand dollar debt. that's what I think there are a tiny portion of people who didn't drop out of college, didn't finish college who are making who are working you know minimum wage jobs making forty five fifty thousand yeah. dollars a year yeah. who are saddled with ten thousand yeah. dollars in student loans. I don't think anyone would have a problem if, if President Biden was saying, you know what people making under 50k. Who are are saddled with this debt? We're going to pay off their loans, but that's not what they're saying. You know, a lot journalists, right? These journalists. They're not poor. No. They, even the ones who are, who are starting salaries quite low. You know, these are kids whose parents have, you know, been able to support them. Whose parents have been able to help them out. And I, I'm sorry, but if you're making 80k, 100k, and you're 25 years old, you're going to be fine, even if you're paying off that $10,000 student yep. loan. Exactly. I mean, so it, it's Which will get lower important. every year.
0: I mean, perforce, will get lower
1: it, every exactly, year. Exactly. Exactly. And there's no. The other thing is. They're not demanding any kind of restructuring, any kind of accountability on the part of these private universities. Um, So they've sort of essentially said, okay, universities, you keep getting rich, right? The cost of a university education has Gone up 180 percent in the last 30 years. Right. All of that is going right. to DEI administrators, right? right? Equity and inclusion nonsense. Right. They're still getting their $250,000 salaries. No reform is being asked at that end. I mean, it's just a, you know, it's a it's, it's a bribe. It's a bribe for young voters to try to convince them that Biden cares about them ahead of the midterms. And it's absolutely disgusting. And it's just, I just keep coming back to this: like the Democrats are begging you to recognize who they care about, and it's not you. They are literally begging you to recognize. They're just not even hiding anymore who they care about, and it's not you. It's these kids who go to Smith College and Cornell and Princeton and take out, you know. You know, there's just these loans to get these graduate degrees in critical woke studies, and then go and you know, <laughs> and, and impose this nonsense on whatever work environment they're in. You know, where they're making eighty thousand dollars a year in the nonprofit sector, and now you're paying off the, those loans. It's, it's absolutely infuriating.
0: Now think about too. I mean, we're only scratching the surface here with this that you're that you're talking about. I mean, think about the various ways this could cut. Uh, think about uh, the uh, single working mom. Think about a single working mom. Maybe she's earning one hundred and thirty thousand dollars in Manhattan. Maybe she is. She's being asked to bail out. And people aren't seeing this number very much. Bailing out an intact family where the two earners are making two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Think about that. And they may be living in New Orleans. They may be living in Huntsville, Alabama where that $250,000 is worth an awful lot more than $130,000 is in, and you know, in New York. Well, an awful lot more than 250000 would be in New York, right? I mean, think about what this is saying to the single mom or, as you say, the construction worker or the trucker or another college student who did pay off his loans.
1: Yeah, I mean, I you know, as someone who paid off my loans, like, from my point of view, I don't feel any resentment about that. Oh. I feel, like, very God. Blessed me that I was able to do that, you right. know, in a timely fashion, and so I feel just fortunate about that. But I feel, on behalf of you know the millions and millions of downwardly mobile working class Americans who are actually doing important jobs like bringing food from one place to another, so we don't starve to death. That they should be asked to pay off the loans of these nincompoops sitting in the New York Times making videos from that for, <laughs> for the New York Times' website, you know, who, by the way, are making $100,000 a year, $120,000 a year, yep. Yep. you know, living in Williamsburg or whatever, that, that they should somehow, how do they look their Amazon driver in the eye when he delivers their packages and he has to commute two hours because he could never dream of paying rent that their parents are paying in Williamsburg? for them to live there and look at the New York Times. And now they're getting a $10,000 handout. It's, It's like absolutely maddening.
0: There's this odd view that the Democratic Party seems to have about professions that um, constitute uh, those that should be reviled and professions that constitute those that should be supported and vindicated. And it seems it's the working class, non-college necessary professions, cops, truckers, you name it. Um, Heck, uh, Border Patrol agents that, that seem to get the wrath of this Democratic Party, all in deference to a very special elite the majority of which, I mean, the majority of, of Americans have not gone to college. This is an elitist move against the working class. There's no other way to cut it, is there?
1: I, I don't think so. And I, I, I don't, this is not about um, partisanship either. It's totally about class. You have a lot of working class Democrats who are really not OK with this. I mean, I, you know, I've been in touch with a woman who's a, a CNA, a certified nurse's assistant um, down in Florida. You know, this woman does sacred, back-breaking work. I mean, her body is just... To- she's been doing this for 30 years, okay? Turning over seniors, you know, so they don't get bed sores, putting her body into this labor day in and day out for $18, $20 an hour. Now, finally, she's made it to $20 an hour. She should pay off the student loans of a film studies major. Exactly right. It, it is it, so it. disgustingly immoral. And and you're right. The end job that is absolutely essential... They, you know, they look down on, and it's it's really it's amazing. Like any job that you can think of that we can't live without, truckers, CNAs, right, um, nurses, Cops. nurses, aides, yeah. cop, border patrol, first responders, who work in yeah, grocery exactly. stores, exactly. Like these are the people who are at the bottom of the food chain, the bottom of the pecking order, you know. And someone who makes videography work for the New York Times, or who does, you know, um, um, Google analytics, right. These are the people who have risen to the top in the knowledge industry. And and that economy that's downwardly mobile for the working class and raises up these people with these nonsense, ridiculous jobs like mine, you know, to the elites. I mean, it's absolutely immoral. It's godless. It's so, so appalling. How do you look? How do you go into a hospital and look at someone who changes bedpans for a living and and ask them to pay off your student loan? In what universe? Can you look someone in the eye and, and do that? I really don't understand it.
0: Let me, uh, let me do this. Let me take a quick commercial break, Botcha, and come back on the political, um, the long-term political view behind this. I have a theory I want to run by you as to why this administration and this current manifestation of the Democratic Party is doing something just like what they are doing. I want to run up by you on the other side of this break. I'm Seth Liebsen, She's Bacha Unger Sargon. Please follow her on Twitter. Please read everything she reads. On Twitter, she's at Bunger Sargon. I'm Seth. She's Bacha. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Seth Leibson Show. I am Seth Baccia Ungersargon, Deputy Opinion Editor of Newsweek, author of the book Bad News, How Woke Media is Undermining Democracy, is our guest. Bacha is there – I want to run, run, run a long-term political thought by you. Is there some effort by the Democratic Party that you see right now when they are pitting – uh, working class against the rest of America or working class against elite America or college-educated America against non-college-educated America. Do you think that there's there's some kind of drive to get more people into colleges and universities because of the nature of today's college and university system? (laughs) You know, there's only about a handful, maybe 10 colleges and universities you or I would feel super comfortable sending our children to. Probably that says something about the larger college and university system. And I'm wondering if there's if this isn't kind of some veiled effort to keep the colleges and universities intact and doing exactly what they're doing. No problems there. Get more people in them, which is why, of course, we require, you know, teachers, education degrees before we can put teachers in the public schools as well. Am I am I being a crackpot on this or do you think that there's some some veiled effort here?
1: No, I I totally think that's a part of it. I mean, I kept asking myself, like, You know, Bernie Sanders, he's the guy who, like, says I'm for the working man, you know, and he he seems really sincere, and then he's out there advocating, you know, for free college, like all college should be free, and I'm like, okay, well. Free college is not a way to have a, a strong working class. It's a way to have no working class, right? That's right. Right, because like right. right? you don't need a college degree to drive a truck, but we definitely need 4 million truckers in America, yep. right? Yep. You know, you don't need a college degree in order to you know, be in construction. See, that, that's it. You nailed it.
0: Second. You nailed it. The administration doesn't think we need truckers in America. They think we need graduates in gender studies and D.I.E. That's what they think is valuable here, right? That's Exactly,
1: because, you know, truckers, you know, like, tend to be Republicans. Mm -hmm. People who work with their hands tend to believe in autonomy, tend to believe in, you know, they want the dignity of labor, right, which is not something that people who believe in, like, massive government handouts understand. They do not believe, they don't understand autonomy. They don't understand what it means to live, by your own labor, because these are people who have had everything handed yeah. to them, including now $10,000 in student loan relief. So, you know, I, I totally think that why, why is AOC and Bernie Sanders obsessed with free college? Right. Because they don't want a strong working class. They want more Democratic voters. Right? Yeah. And we know that, like, the number one thing that happens to you when you go to college is you develop contempt for Republicans and for the working class, right? Like, yeah. that's the number one thing that college does today is it reproduces elite class belonging, you know, it teaches you to say things like Latin X. So everybody knows that you're not one of these like middle class people who just believed everyone should live in dignity. That's so lame in middle class. No, we believe in saying Latin X and defunding the police. And that you're a racist if you believe in Dr. King's vision that we should, you know, have a colorblind society, right? right. right. Like, that's what you learn at university. It's the number one output of these, you know, especially humanities degrees. And I, I know what I, of what I speak, having been gone through the gamut of right. the whole Ph.D. program and everything, that's what they teach have contempt for working, hardworking, middle-class Americans that you have to reproduce your elite status and it's it, so yeah they, they want more people in college they want more people studying this you know critical race theory nonsense that, that's yeah of course because they see that as an electoral windfall.
0: Bacha Ungar-Sargon is our guest so it raises kind of an interestingly and slightly uncomfortable question Bacha if I can throw it your way um you know 10 years ago if someone asked me I'm trying to send my kid to college i'm not sure if it's a good idea what do you think i 10 years ago i would have said do everything you can to send your kid to a good college i think it's important to credential up my opinion has totally changed on that and i wonder if you're if you ever had my first opinion or if you have my second opinion do you do you advise parents to send their kids to college at any and all costs these days
1: it's, it's such a hard question because um on the one hand, I'm really against college. On the other hand, the you know thanks to both parties, the economy right now is so terrible for working class Americans and so good for people in knowledge industry jobs. Right, if you get that college degree from an elite university, you're pretty much guaranteed to make it into the top ten percent at some point in your life. You'll be making a hundred thousand dollars a year and you'll have a you know have access to a middle class life, if not an elite you know top 10% depending where you live right So you know it's very it's a very hard call like it's like you have to pass through the, like the nonsense production machine and become a terrible person in order to have a shot at, at the American Dream like it's, it's awful you know so I, I, I really don't know what I would advise people you know in terms of like what to tell their own children like I no longer think these jobs are noble like to me like the most noble jobs are being a cop you know like being somebody who makes the, the community safer being a trucker, being a railroad worker, being a nurse's aide, right? Like being somebody who's actually put has a you know, an understanding of the dignity of labor and is out there producing, you know, actual services for 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 society rather than these like made up knowledge industry jobs. So I to me it's like where my values are are definitely not in college. But then what you, you know, knowing how difficult it is to, to, to you know to have access to the American dream it's a very hard call I will tell you that um I'm actually working on my next book which is about you know whether blue-collar Americans do still have access to the American dream oh hold that and thought I, can I can I ask
0: you about that on the other side I have to take a quick commercial break can I ask you about sure, that yeah sure, I, I would sure. love that that is fascinating it is interesting and and I don't have any guilt about this I'll just say this is going to break Bacha has at least three degrees that I know of I I have I guess three degrees but I i I. I Don't know that I want people following in those. I don't think it's a slam dunk answer that you should go and do this anymore. The institutions have changed. The purpose of education has changed. I'm Seth Liebson. She's Bacha Ungar Sargon. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Seth Leapson Show. I'm Seth. Bacha Sargana is our guest. She's the author of Bad News, How Woke Media is Undermining Democracy. That's her first book. She was just about to tell us she's working on a second book, which sounds fascinating and fascinatingly relevant. Bacha, <laughs> if you could tease us with that a little bit. Yeah.
1: I will, but also I want your guests to understand. Your listeners to understand. I'm not usually this angry. I, I actually can usually like keep it together a lot better. I feel enraged today because I've been talking to working class people for everything. And,
0: there and, is a time, Botcha. <laughs> for everything, there is a time. There is a time for war and a time for Bill. You want to go out with that <laughs> for every time? <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: I know. It's just I have this conviction that you can you can't really convince people if you're in a state of heightened emotion because they can, you know set, uh, Adam Smith actually. wrote a book about this called theory of moral sentiments before you wrote the wealth of nations where you you know talked about how like when you're in a state of heightened emotion because that's such a physical experience other people can't follow you there so it's very alienating and so i try to really keep it keep it together so that i can be more convincing but um i am so angry about this but yes i'm working on a book about whether blue-collar americans have access to the american dream and what i'm finding is so interesting because it's so much more complicated than i would have thought you know, on the you know, on the one hand, many do, um, but you know, there's a lot of things that go into that, and the top two things that go into that are number one, housing, which means that if you live in a red state. Um, your chances of, of, ha- of having access to home ownership as a working-class American are much higher than if you live in a blue state, which have become kind of like almost like class apartheid because the property values are so high, it's so expensive That's to right. buy a home. That's right. I that, think, so. you know, I think the average American home stands. price
0: in San Francisco is a million bucks. I think. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's totally out of reach for 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 workers. But yeah. if you live in you know in, in you know southern Georgia, if you live in you know in many areas of Texas, you know you could probably buy a home even if you're a trucker. And so you know if that. So the home ownership thing is a big deal. And the other thing I didn't expect going into this is sort of the number one predictor for whether your kids will have upward mobility if you're working class is if you're married when you have that's them, what it is. or if your parents yeah, were married. Exactly. And this question of marriage is so. It's just like. I mean, it's it was, for me, very, very startling in China. I didn't expect to find this. Yep, yep. And what do you do with that information? Like, you know, that's not the government's job. I that's mean, right. that's a cultural question. How do you culturally explain to people, like, I mean, it's it's that, it's a really big question, but it's um, oh, it's really huge, and and, really and, and social one.
0: science has pr- b- borne it out for years, and only lately are people beginning to write about it for the popular, you know, popular consumption. But it's absolutely right when it comes to economics, when it comes to crime, when it comes comes to good educational outcomes. That's it. Family formation is the big predictor, isn't it? Yeah, that's what we're finding. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: And, and these and 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 these kinds of policies. Um, They they tend to be anti-family formation, uh, it seems to me, and it seems to me further that this country, far from um, becoming more united across economic opportunity lines, is becoming far and far more difficult. I know that's a sweet spot of yours, but I believe it is becoming harder and harder and harder for people, whether they are college-educated or non-college-educated, to get ahead here because of some of these policies and regulations.
1: Yeah, definitely, although the elites still manage to make off with the rewards of marriage and everything else, whether or not they're married. So, you know, the elites actually overwhelmingly get married, including leftist elites who go out there and talk about how marriage is an antiquated, anti feminist institution they're all freaking married no, right they don't and, preach you know, what they practice yeah <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. um but even the ones who don't even women who get you know who get divorced who are in the elites um or who have kids out of wedlock they still manage to live that what you know a, a pretty stable lifestyle and their kids will remain in the upper middle class whereas like the opposite is the case for for lower income americans you know i mean for a long time the um The the out-of-wedlock birth rate in black America was 70%, but now white America, working-class white America, lower-class white America has caught up with that, actually. The white Americans without a college degree, um, they're they're approaching 70% as well, and it's it's just—it's really heartbreaking um, because, you know, I'll just give you one statistic, but um, I mean, this was shocking to me, but so the median income for a black male head of household who's not married is $35,000 a year. Okay. Um, The median income for the average American is between, you know, 45 and 55. Yeah. The median income for a black head of household who's married is ninety three thousand dollars a year. That's the most important statistic.
0: Yeah, that is an important. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, that's that's really shocking. I'm sure immigration plays a role there. Immigrants tend to be more family focused. And but I mean, that is, you know, if we could get half of black males into the ninety three thousand dollars a year category we would go quite a long way towards solving one of one of the biggest issues in america and um you know so it's 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 really interesting it's really important stuff but these conversations are sort of taboo in the mainstream where you're not allowed to talk about you know um family structure you're not allowed to talk about the importance of marriage you're not allowed to talk about you know um you know people not behaving in the best interest of their children like this is all you know extremely taboo especially if you're talking about minority communities and i sort of reject that i mean i i i refuse to be told that i'm not allowed to care about a community because it makes people uncomfortable to point out the ways in which you know it's 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 young it's children are not being given a fair shot at the american dream so that's kind of where i'm at right now
0: Amen, sister. I am with you on that. <laughs> and I'll add another group um, that has been uh, the subject of a lot of my focus lately, too. Um, and it's white working age males who are not choosing to participate in the workforce. This is a yes. big problem, too. There's, uh, it's, It used to be in the 50s, that group you, It's about 2%. It's now twelve and going to fifteen percent. On its way to fifteen percent. Half of them, by the way, half of them are addicted to opioids. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a growing yeah. and huge problem as well in the white community as much as in the African American or other minority communities. Don't you think?
1: A hundred percent. And it's they're not just opting out of um, the, the workforce; they're opting out of marriage. Right. You know, and that's, right. this, these are individual choices that um, are going to be impact. You know, having children, mul- children with multiple partners out of wedlock. You know, sometimes some of the kids get the attention that they need. Sometimes none of them do. It's, You know, yeah, I was talking to a guy who runs a steel mill the other day, and he was telling me, he, you know, he's got so many open jobs. And guys will show up, they'll interview for the job, yep. and then a week later, they'll either just not show up or they won't pass the exactly right. test. I mean, there's a real spiritual malaise happening. Um, You know, that's it. It's because we have to talk about it.
0: My last question for you. You've been so generous with your time. My last question with you. Is there a realignment with the parties? Uh, Is this more like 1980 Republican Reagan Democrat time? Or how do you see the political alignment working out here? The the Democrats have become the party of John Kerry. There's no question about that, is there?
1: No, no, I, I totally agree with that. And the Trumpist wing of the Republican Party Um, I mean, you know, it's complicated. You've got the like stock to steal stuff. I don't believe in any of that. But, you know, most of what that wing represents is the forgotten working class. That's who Trump represented. He was their tribune. And the Republicans who want to try to bring, who are trying to bring back the kind of free market neoliberal world order that Trump took an axe to, they're not having much success. I mean, the party is no longer theirs. And that's not, the Democrats want that to mean you know, the stop the steal stuff and the January 6th stuff, that's not what it means at all. It means, like, protectionist economic policy, America first. We don't believe in funding a war in Ukraine when there's no border security here. We don't believe in outsourcing jobs to China. We're bringing manufacturing back here. This is what a new Republican Party could really be focused on um, if if they only desire it. And I do think that you are seeing a combination of kind of you know more out there people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, but also people who are solidly establishment like Marco Rubio, yep. um, who are extremely invested in these questions yeah. about you know opioid addiction, yep. working class jobs, yep. dignity um, for the working class. So I I, I, I feel. Hopeful about that,
0: stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you don't believe, if you don't want to think that uh, economics determines thought, uh, all you have to do is look at Marco, at uh, someone like uh, Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump. You have a billionaire who's championing the working class, and you have Ron DeSantis, a fully Ivy League educated man who's standing up for the average American totally. and against the elites. Yeah, exactly. Right. Botcha, you are a treasure. You you just are. Oh, I, I would we would have had to invent you if you didn't exist. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for having me, Seth. It's always such a pleasure talking to you and to
0: your listeners. Oh, well, you're wonderful. It's a pleasure learning from you. Bacha Unger-Sargon has been... When is your When is your book coming out? Not soon enough, is my answer. Oh,
1: it's in very, 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 very early stages.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, when it's out, we'll, uh, well, we'll talk to you, obviously, before then. But when it's out, of course, we'll do an extended interview on it as well. Bacha Unger-Sargon, Godspeed. Thank you for everything.
1: Thank you so much. God bless you.
0: God bless you. Come back to the Seth Leibson show. Oh, let's. Uh, yeah, good song to come back with, Bill. I want to say something about truckers here in a minute. Um, if you are looking for a really remarkable investment opportunity with a great return for investors, I want you to look at my friends at Y Refi, an amazing uh, company, an amazing group of people doing amazing work for others. They're offering a fixed, no-load interest rate up to ten and a quarter percent for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Uh, y is a due diligence approved firm where investors do really well by doing good for others, and you can be a part of that. Just check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y-R-E-F-Y.com, or give them a call at 855-316-3087, 855-316-3087. 855 yeah, um, is a treasure, and uh, and let, let's just think about, who the Democratic Party seems to beat up on the most. Just for a moment here, when we're talking about class and education. Uh, Police, always a go-to for the Democratic Party to go after law enforcement. Truckers, uh, from Canada to here, going after truckers. And then cowboys. Remember all the condemnation of cowboys and the comparison of, by the likes of Maxine Waters of the ICE patrol agents, the ICE border patrol agents, for being reckless and bigoted cowboys. Now, what's interesting about those three institutions, and we could probably think of others that the Democrats go after, none of those jobs require a college education. Now, you can certainly be in those professions with a college education. I know many police and truckers who have college, but it's not a requirement. And I think there is something very key in understanding the push by the Democratic Party to get more and more people into college and university. As Boccia and I were discussing a bit, it's because that is the institution most ready, available and willing to educate people in to hating capitalism and hating America as it is currently structured or as it was structured up until about 10 or 15 years ago, maybe a little bit longer. That's the institution. That's the institution of propaganda. That's the institution of brainwashing. That's the institution that thinks 1984 is a how-to manual, not a work of fiction. That's that's it. They want you, in, and that's why there is zero effort none by the Democratic Party to bail out students and their student loans by putting pressure on the colleges and universities to do something about it with the money they are sitting on they are sitting on hundreds of And hundreds and hundreds, about $700 billion worth of money in their endowments. Uh, Harvard's and Yale's each have something like $35, $40 billion in their endowments here at ASU alone, not even combining it with U of A and NAU, as I was saying earlier. The ASU endowment is over a billion dollars. Would you ever consider maybe asking them to tap into those resources before we engage in more tuition hikes or complaints to the state legislature that we're not funding them enough? Or, yeah, indeed, paying off some of the student debt their customers built up and cannot use what they got at the store to make enough money. They went to school, they got a degree in whatever it is they got a degree in, and they can't pay off their debt. Yeah, maybe that's their fault, but maybe it's the supplier's fault too. This isn't a caveat emptor situation anymore. Caveat emptor applies nowhere in the law, and it shouldn't apply here with these colleges and universities who are getting away with the crime of the century. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Portions of this show brought to you by Balance of Nature. I take it every single day. My favorite product I've ever taken. Their fruits and veggies are pure, potent plant power that boosts your energy, your immunity, and your health. 100% natural. One daily dose. You take it once a day, and you are good to go. You get a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. Good, powerful stuff. As I say, it has kept me well for about the three years I have been taking it. I haven't gotten sick since I've been taking it, and I usually get sick several times a year, or at least I did before I started taking Balance of Nature. You can access it at balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Uh, Former Education Secretary William Bennett wrote a book, Is College Worth It? And um, I'm going to recommend it to any of you who are thinking about sending your children to college and, and, you know, assuming debt or even not assuming debt, even if you can cover the costs of college, uh, the estimations he makes are that approximately 66 percent of people who go to four-year colleges right out of high school should do something else should absolutely do something else. Now, it's different if you are going to something like the Colorado School of Mines or maybe Harvey Mudd or the Plan II at the University of Texas and a few other places where you can actually learn things like engineering and the kinds of skills that will last a lifetime. Once upon a time, people were advised they had to go to college to hang up a piece of paper and they would always find employment. Well, it's not true anymore. It's not true anymore. Again, I'll just close with where we began the show today. As Henry David Thoreau put it, it's not well enough for a man to be good. He must be good at something. God bless you all. Until tomorrow, I'm Seth Leapson. Class is dismissed.